The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Everybody's Dead Dave, a Red Dwarf podcast with me, Adam Martin, and me, Phil Hawkins. Hello. Hello, hello. And we are going through a Red Dwarf, the complete series, everything from the very first episode in 1988, I know, all the way up until the current day, which at this time is 2020's The Promised Land. We're on series two now. We're just beginning series two. And for anyone who's new, first of all, welcome. We highly recommend you listen to our prior episodes where we go through series one. But if you are new, um, Philip, what's what's your history with Red Dwarf before I oh, explain mine? <laughs> I've been watching the show since I was a wee nipper, uh, since <laughs> I was about seven or eight years old in the early 90s. And yeah, and I've just been watching it ever since. I think I kind of came on about series four, something like that, um, mm-hmm. and then eventually caught via repeats and things, the rest and yeah. watched it from there. Whereas you, well, you weren't even uh. born. <laughs> Oh, don't show me out like that. Yeah, I think I was born... I was looking at the dates earlier of all the series, and I think I was born just, like, I think a year or six months before Series 7 went to air. So that that shows my age a little bit. But also, for anyone who hasn't listened before, I have not seen Red Dwarf at all before this this podcast i know i know and it's a it's 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 a blemish on my on my nerd card should we say it's been a big blemish but um i'm going through it and well i won't tell you what i thought of series one because you should go and listen to our early episodes to know what i thought of series one but yeah today we are going six episodes to go and listen to exactly a whole six episodes and for this one we are getting into series two episode one which is titled Crichton. Crichton. yeah, yeah. I, I just want to Crichton. say right off the bat, when I saw the title, I was like, that rings a bell. Like, that word instantly rang a bell. And then, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but when I realised what it was, I was like, right, yes, this is like one of the few glimpses of Red Dwarf I'd seen before watching it with you. Because, you know, I, I'd said to you before, before watching it, I'd only ever seen like maybe a few pictures of a few very short clips and the character of Crichton is in those pictures. I always remember he's the one with the funny head with all like the all the lines on it and stuff. So yeah, now this was a fun one for me. If you don't mind me leading with it, Philip, um, the the opening sequence, and I don't know if this is just me being like really weird, but you know that whole the intro, you know, with like the guys scrubbing the ship and the ship sort of gliding through space and the music that goes with it, it seemed ever so slightly faster for this series. Oh, it might be. Just because yeah. I noticed in the first era, I remember the ship and the music was all like very slow, but in like that elegant way, you know, building it up. Whereas, I don't know, in this one, maybe it's just because I've watched them all in close proximity. The ship seemed to move a bit faster this time. Yeah, I think but, you um, might be right. I hadn't noticed at the time, but thinking back to it, yeah, yeah I think you're right. It's, it's ever so slight, but I was just like, that's a little, that's a little bit faster. But um, I like the new red titles that fill the screen. Very you know, dramatic, like, filling the screen. Very, very dramatic. The budget's gone up, you can tell. We'll get more <laughs> to that later. But And the, the recap from Holly, I thought it was a nice little, you know, succinct, re-establishing your three leads and then uh, the little additions as well. And um, yeah, I mean, the first, I think the first shot we get after Holly, if I remember, is, is that moon effect, you know, of the crashed 
ship. And um, there's some great moon slash model model work going on there, I think, you know, for, for the time as well. Yeah, somebody on Twitter today actually um, asked me if we're watching the ones which have updated visual effects. And I, oh. don't, I didn't know, so I just said... Oh, we're just watching the ones on Netflix. I don't know which ones they are, but the mm. but actually this some of the stuff in this episode and the next one because we batch record and, and record two we sort of watch two in a row. Uh, the some of the shots made me think, oh, that looks like updated CGI. Yeah. And uh, so I was wondering if we were watching the updated visual effects ones, but apparently, according to this person on Twitter, anyway, they said the Netflix ones are the original ones. So I'm not. I don't. That if if that's the case, then that is really good. Yeah. For the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had no idea that there even was updated visual effects, but yeah, just I, I remember that stuck out in a in a really good way because i think you know when you watch telly from back in the 70s and 80s it's really easy to distinguish good model work from not so good model work and i just thought you know for the time for a program going out on bbc2 with a fairly limited budget you know they did they achieved it pretty well yeah i've said this before the model work on this show is really good and i think it's consistently good for most of its run certainly of the original run, if it was, you know, the 90s run. It's just yeah, like, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant work. Yeah, absolutely. And the other main thing that stood out to me straight away when we get back on the ship is the there's a great overhaul in terms of uh, effects and uh, set. I mean, the set. one that stuck out. Yeah, but um, it was the Holly effect that stuck out to me because obviously in the first series it was sort of, it was Norman Lovett's face, but it was sort of a bit, you know, a bit pixelated, a bit augmented in a way. Whereas yeah, this very, time, get the full like HD Norman Lovett face. Yeah, with just his just his poor little head. But yeah, the set. I mean, they've completely changed the uh, like command deck set, haven't they? Yeah, the I, I'm not sure if that's still meant to be the drive room or if they've just like gone to a different room now because it is yeah. very different. But it looks so much better. Gone is the grey. I was oh, complaining yeah. about the grey all last season. The grey still exists in their quarters. But the rest of the ship has just this infusion of colour this this season. Yeah, there's lots of like reds and blues and greens and even even more Sony television screens, lest we forget. Oh, yes. And um I think what I think the big difference I thought was that they've played around more with the general lighting of it as well, as well as the colour. Because I think in season in series one, um, like a lot of eighties TV, I think when you look back, a lot of stuff like that is very overly lit. And yeah. um, I think maybe that contributed to like the greyness you were talking about because it's so lit. The grey just stands out even more, whereas they've played around. It's a bit dimmer, but the colours pop a bit more. It's yeah, it's just a better. I think it's a better atmosphere for what they're what they're going for. It's a really great new set. And even in the corridors and things, they've added accessories like, you mm. know, random arcade consoles just in the yeah. corridor and things that just, you know, give it a bit of flavour. <laughs> they've almost gone like look we've we've got a bit of a budget look we've we've put random things in random and of course even just the other sets in this story obviously there's the the whole of the ship the, they leave um, the ship they leave Red i know Dwarf they actually the first leave time. <laughs> that was the mind-blowing back in late 1988 i'm sure they've left the ship but they didn't yeah. leave the ship for the whole of the first series presumably because of budget yeah. Here they actually leave the ship. We even get like a little, 
um they they go off in one of the i forget what it's called blue midget i think it's called the little um mm. the little thing they go off in the little craft yeah yeah i just think you can tell right from the get-go partly from red dwarf itself but also the ship they go to you can just tell there's been a massive shot of money put into this and the, and the, i think out of all the episodes as a lot of shows probably would they want to use this opening episode of a new season to be like look like this is what we can do with a little bit of extra money yeah, like also not... hiring other cast members so <laughs> yeah other cast members locations that are not just standing sets <laughs> yeah. that they have for the whole series yeah absolutely so we we start off seeing even before the we get back to our main crew we saw see a little scene on the nova 5 of mm. um what we later find out is Crichton watching a tv show which is a mm. android soap opera very the the theme tune is a blatant uh ripoff of neighbors Yeah, I I wrote in my notes. I put, is this a when the the scenes of it were going on? I was like, is this a neighbors parody? Because you know they had like the Australian accents and all that stuff. And then when the theme came on, I was like, yeah, this is a. Even I noticed the the last credit. The director, the first name was Kylie, and I was like, I okay. did not notice that. Good old Kylie. Yeah. I didn't recognize the last name. I don't know if that was a link, but I just saw that first name being Kylie. And I was like, for anyone who doesn't know, when, around that time in the late 80s, uh, Kylie Minogue was in um, Neighbours quite prominently, wasn't she? Before she got married to Jason Donovan. And I'm sure it was all lovely and wonderful. But it wasn't. It was one of like the biggest shows on British telly back in the day, The uh, like Neighbours, wasn't it? Back then. I think so. Yeah, it was back on. It was on yeah. the BBC at the time. And uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the the Kylie and Jason wedding uh, was it Charlene and I can't remember Jason's and what, and what, character's and whatever name. he was called whatever yeah. he was called yeah that's good neighbors yeah no I just uh, obviously like some would argue you know you could ask does it date it a bit now you could argue yes but I think again if you go in knowing because if you don't know what neighbors is that might just be a funny little but neighbors Android is still show. On. It is still, yeah, but Philip, do you know anyone who still watches Neighbours? Uh, yes, I do. I, don't. I do oh, okay. know one person that still watches Neighbours. That one is person it? is single-handedly keeping their UK viewership alive. <laughs> is it on Channel 5 now? I think it is, yeah. And yeah, watches well. Channel 5. <laughs> on a very rare occasion. But um, yeah, and I mean, there's. I noticed there was quite a few... In terms of jokes, because we like to sometimes talk about the comedy angle presented on the show, I've noticed in this season, because I, I don't remember it happening in series one, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first time I'd heard where they'd had the studio audience uh, clap for certain jokes. Oh, I wasn't paying that much attention to the studio audience, but you might be right. Not, did they <laughs> even have a studio audience in the first one? I can't remember. Well, I, I, I read it in, again, when I was I was just reading some articles, apparently for the first... I think five or six series, they said they did have a live uh, studio audience for a lot of it. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, this is the weirdness my brain picks up. I think the first time was with, you know, when they're getting ready to like meet the girls and they're all getting dolled up. And it was the bit where Rimmer, uh, not Rimmer, sorry, Lister sprays that part of his leg with the black spray. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, that got a clap. Maybe it's because it didn't, it didn't make me like laugh out loud. 
but because the emphasis was placed on like, oh yes, we're clapping it. So I don't know it just stood out. I just don't remember that happening in in series one. You might be right. And in your reading, did you find out if it was was there an actual general, real studio audience there, or was is that I, put in afterwards? I think from what I read, it was a. Uh, it said filmed in front of a light. There was one series, I think like seven or eight, where it was filmized, which seems to be they f- they film the scenes, then just play it back to an audience. And then, whereas I think this one implied, mainly in the standing set, you know, places that it was, it was in a set with a rack of audience that were watching, I think. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just stuck out to me. I was like, oh, we're clapping now. Like, okay, fair enough. I mean, it happens in sitcoms. It's a thing, but I just didn't. I don't know. Yep. It just caught me off guard a little bit. At one point, Rimmer is learning Esperanzo. Bon volo directi min alc vinstella hotelo. Nah, I remember this from last time. Please, could you direct me to a five-star hotel? <laughs> <laughs> wrong, actually. Totally, utterly and completely wrong. Please, could you direct me <laughs> to a five-star hotel? Whatever <laughs> happened to Esperanzo? It was like mm. a big thing in the 80s and 90s, I think, people learning this made-up language. Do you yeah. know what Esperanzo is? I'm going to show my age here. I don't. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I, it, it, from what I can tell, and I only know this through watching other TV shows where it's mentioned, it was this made-up language that it was kind of billed as this universal language that everybody can learn and therefore, you know, increase world harmony and all that sort of stuff and and it kind of the you know there's the diehards that really took to it and then like it just died right that's so interesting because obviously to again perspectives isn't it because when i heard him say it i just thought he was that was like an alien language for the show but you're telling me this was a this was a thing back then when this was first going out yeah see that's where i think I think that's why some of the comedy in Red Dwarf is clever by design. Cause, you know, I still found it funny, even not knowing the original context behind it. Whereas, obviously, you do know it and still find it funny that in the Red Dwarf universe, it has now become this, as I guess it was intended, this universal, this universal, universal language understood by all. Yeah, but then there's, there's, the, I suppose, then not knowing that it wasn't a real language, or not, or thinking that it was a, a made-up language for an alien race, there was mm. a joke in there that. Oh yeah, Rimmer says Holly, as the Esperantinos would say, which obviously yeah. don't actually isn't because it's not a place. It's not a language that comes from a place. So I guess nah. that was the joke. But I'm guessing that just that would have just flown right over your head because you wouldn't have known. About Honestly, the like not a clue. I think, it, but again, it's the same vein of the of the neighbors parody that we talked about. For those who get it, so to speak, it's funny. But then it's also it's also funny watching these two androids reenact a, a general soap opera. So I think you know it, it works, doesn't it? Just in in that sense. So uh, obviously the, the I mean the episode is titled after him, but the main new addition character wise we get is Crichton, of course. Yeah, what's your thoughts on Crichton? I'm very as someone who's watching through this show for the very first time. What 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 do you know about Crichton going in? Virtually, I'd say virtually nothing. As I said, I only recognised him because you know of the of the few images and clips I'd seen. Because I'm assuming, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but you know, assuming from what I've seen, he becomes one of the regular team that you will see in season. You know, he's not just a one and done. He's going to be in it for the long haul now. 
because uh, I've seen pictures and I do remember the pictures I've seen his makeup you know the whole face with lines on it it the pictures I've seen are different to what we see in this episode so apart from oh he's the guy who's got like a weird hexagonal face design I knew nothing I didn't know he was an android I didn't know I didn't know anything pretty much I was going in cold and I must admit my first thought after seeing him like in action my first thing that screamed in my head was he reminded me of like an even more heightened C-3PO. Yes. That sort of that sort of English butler looking to please everyone and everything. Just even more heightened right down to the... He did it in a few scenes. I think he did it all the time. But sometimes the way he walks, like when he leads the guys onto his ship, just he does a weird like exaggerated... I don't, I don't have to describe it. It's just a very funny walk. It made me laugh. And his, like, his old demeanor, you know, his outfit, his, the way he speaks, it just... My that was my gut reaction. I was like, "This is like C three PO, but on on something else, like <laughs> gone wild," you know. And and are you keen to see more of him? Like, do you want to see more of him? And do you want to? What would you want him to be? The very acting the similar? Or would you want him to act different? How would you? I'm I'm I asking think... this for a very specific reason, which anybody that <laughs> has already seen the show will know. Uh, but. I'm gonna, I'll, I will <laughs> okay. reveal all in a second, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, I think towards the end, before the final scene, I start... I, th- I thought, oh, I thought... Because obviously they take him on board Red Dwarf. He's with them now. And I thought, is this going to be another Cat situation where, you know, I said in series one, whilst Cat is great, he very much is limited to, like, the same sort of jokes and style in my opinion in series one it doesn't really expand that much whereas obviously Lister and Rimmer do get that and I guess towards the end of the episode when it's like oh he'll do everything he'll he'll basically be an obedient slave I thought right are we gonna have another cat situation where you know this is literally now all he is he's just the yes man who has a few funny one-liners but then of course at the very end of this episode you have the whole rebel phase you know a list has shown him rebel without a cause easy rider all the great rebellious films of our time and um obviously he rebels against rimmer and and that gave me some hope so i was like right if he continues like this and they expand on it more or if his program gets rewritten or whatever basically if he's not just going to be the very exaggerated english butler who does nothing but serve great if he was locked into that sort of like cat was in series one i'd be a bit like hmm not too sure about this. Okay, okay. Mm. See, the reason I'm asking is because, I, I, having watched the rest of the series and, and all the rest of the future series, I I know that he comes back, obviously. Mm. But the and I debate about whether or not to reveal this to you now. But I don't think I can talk about my thoughts on the character without revealing this. So I'm going to do it anyway. Sure. But sure, when sure. he comes back, he's played by a different actor. Ah, sorry, I did know that because I noticed that. in the I saw in the credits for this one. I read, I can't, I'm sorry about, I can't remember his name, but then when I looked, when I was doing some Red Dwarf reading, you know, it had the list of regulars who were always in it, and the name wasn't the same. I yeah. believe the later actor is a guy called Robert Llewellyn. Yes. Um, I I'm so sorry to the original actor. I can't remember his name, but I just knew when reading it, I was like, ah, that's not the same name. I read before. So yes, I did know there's a change in actor there. Yeah. So having spent most of my, you know, cause he's in it regularly from, I think it's the following season. So next season, um, mm. we, it's very strange for me going back and watching this episode because he acts there. Are, there are similarities and you know, the whole Butler thing is there still, 
but mm. he he acts in a very he's got a different take on it slightly different take on it so it's very slightly jarring for me going back and watching this one because i'm like that's that's not Crichton. that's not yeah. that's not the real Crichton. and so it feels a bit strange watching it but he does do a really good job i re- i did enjoy it um i think the you know obviously they when he's becomes a series regular they improve the makeup a lot because the makeup i think on him was quite shoddy uh not yeah there's sorry go on no no it's just i was gonna say that you know there's things around the ears it just doesn't look like it, it, the makeup's being you can tell it's makeup and not like yeah it doesn't look like the, robotics there was almost some point where as you say like around the ears or sometimes when his face moved it almost looked it looked like sort of like a foamy substance because like you could see the creases forming in yeah. like around the like when obviously with the movement of his jaw and stuff. So yeah, again from what I'd seen of Crichton before, yeah, you're right. It was not that makeup specifically. The one I've seen looks more, you know, a lot more refined and a lot more developed. And you know, obviously this was the first time they were doing it. It could be down to anything like we were saying about budget or experimenting. And I mean, it's still. From what I've seen, you know, I was like, yes, this is the guy I've seen. You know, it's the same character. It's the guy with the, I, I keep calling it, the guy with the hexagonal face. But yeah, you're right. The makeup has definitely got room to be improved. And the lips as well. The lips kept on yeah. distracting me. The lips looked creepy. <laughs> <laughs> creepy lips, Crichton. Creepy, creepy lips. lips, yeah. Creepy lips, Crichton. That could be a nickname. Absolutely. Talking of nicknames, nice segue here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rimmer <laughs> talks about his nickname he had at school. Uh, yes. Except it wasn't really a nickname he had at school. It's a nickname he wanted to have at school, but nobody would call him it, which was Ace. Um, mm. Now, again, this is this is going to be a slight call forward because this is going to be something that comes up again later on in a more significant way. I won't tell you what, but okay. uh, I, I'm you know I like the fact that this show, and I've said this before, does these little drops these little things in and they may not even be planning anything with them at this these points but then they they pick up on them again later uh, okay. and here it's just one line about a nickname but later on they'll pick up on that and they'll go okay, you know we can do something with that um and i really like the fact that they they did that and they they did some actually in the we'll talk about this in the next episode but they did a lot of callbacks to last season in next episode as well which is really nice mm-hmm. um so i just i just love the way that this show does that it just kind of picks up goes oh yeah that random one line we put in that episode two seasons ago or whatever yeah we can we can make a whole episode based around that one line and just spin it off into something no, I like that. I mean, that's the, I mean, I know that was something you told me prior to starting this, that that was something the show was very good at. And, you know, starting to see it now, it's great. And um, yeah, I, I look, I know you're not revealing it now, but I look forward to, to seeing what that is whenever that comes in the future. What was your thoughts when they got to the ship? And because the, the, the premise is that there's a stress signal gone out, Crichton's left giving out this distress signal saying, oh, all the men on the ship have died, but we've got three women here, the, the officers, three women officers um, that, you know, need rescuing. And then, of course, the boys from the dwarf are like, three women, you say, okay, hmm. <laughs> yes, let's go. Yes. Uh, which yeah. leads us, to, which actually, before we get to that, that leads to some great scenes of them, like you've already mentioned it, them getting ready. I think, it's, yeah. you know, the the cleanest and tidiest and and probably most washed lister has ever been in this show uh, <laughs> it, which still isn't great because you know he 
he still does have to hammer his uh, socks to be able to wear them. But, yeah. <laughs> but it, everyone's kind of like putting in the extra effort to, yeah. to look good, to, to, to impress these ladies they're going to meet. Yeah. No, I, I, I've, for me, it sort of took me back to, I mean, I think we've mentioned in previous episodes how the dynamic between Lister and Mimit is, it's almost like the two schoolboys always trying to one-up each other or, you know, get the laugh out of one another or take the mick or whatever that, you know, it's very much a lot of their dynamic. And this just emphasized that it's that thing, you know, you know, it's true boys, you know, and boys, it's all going to, we're either going to go out or oh, we're going to meet some girls. When you get to that certain age where you, you, you subconsciously think, oh, well, maybe I should do my hair in a certain way or maybe I should wear my best T-shirt or whatever. Do you know, it, it is very much that, oh, we're seeing girls and this is a, I think, you know, it's that time, it's that teenage thing, isn't it? That And I think that's why I found that whole sequence really funny because it's these two grown men who haven't seen women in forever going back to that teenage thing of like, oh yeah, I'm not going to make an effort. And then they both make the best effort that they possibly Lister, can. Lister to start with, he's saying, uh, look, Rimmer, this isn't, you know, we're not on the pool. We're, we're, yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is a rescue mission. And then of course he's immediately there <laughs> trying to live yeah. and, and stuff. And I think it's done in such a way where the build-up is so exaggerated, like you say, like Lister's hammering his socks and his best T-shirt still got curry stains on it. But even after all that, when they get there, it's it's the payoff when we find out that they're actually dead. And it's how Chris Barry and Craig Charles react off that. Like just the, you know, obviously Rimmer's absolutely gutted and just the way Lister takes the mick out of him further, you know, and he's like, oh, sorry, girls, I don't know if this is the right time to say it, but... My mate Ace is really brave. <laughs> that like that killed yes. me off just because the way he said it. <laughs> we we do we do pick our funniest moments every we episode, do. and that I'm going to say it now that was mine mm. um, yeah. because they'd set it up so nicely earlier. Where Rimmer in when before they go over there, Rimmer is like saying, "Oh look, you usually put me down all the time. Can you just like for a change?" Can you just like big me up a bit to these women? Can you can you know <laughs> can you say I'm really brave? Can you can you can you say um, and and then that the way he just delivers that line when he gets to the ship and he's like and he he pays it off? It's brilliant. <laughs> Listen, girls, I don't know whether it's the time or place to say this, but my mate AC here is incredibly incredibly brave. <laughs> yeah, it is really great. Um, bef- my funniest moment. I mean. I loved, uh, it's probably the chat near the beginning, actually, where Holly's talking about music, and he's like... And I've invented two new notes, H and J. Hang on a minute. You can't just invent new notes. Well, I have. <laughs> now it goes, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, wo, bo, ti, do. I don't know why, that just really tickled me, that whole sequence. I mean, Norman Love it is brilliant as always, as we've said, that deadpan delivery can so easily not work in a character but he's found such a way with Holly where he could say pretty much the most mundane thing in the world and it would still probably be mildly amusing. So I think that was my that was my funniest scene, but the payoff that you just mentioned, that would probably be a close second. And the Neighbours parody could take third, why not? Because I think because I was like, I know what Neighbours is, I was like, that really tickled me a little bit. But um, what what's your thoughts on... Because I know for me, with that reveal, obviously, that these three women they're going to are dead... Um, I thought maybe it would have been even more, a little bit more funny if we found out they were dead the same time the boys do. Because in the way it presents itself, we find out as an audience a little bit before the boys do, because we see Crichton, you know, going around. It's like, oh, they're dead. And whilst the payoff was still funny, do you think it would have been 
even funnier if we were still led to believe they were alive and then we find out the same time as them that they're dead. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. But then I, I don't know if then Crichton's lines in the bit where the crew turn up would have worked. Because he, he's like, oh, are you sure? And uh, oh, true, yeah. Doctor. And I, I, that kind of, I think we need to have had the time to digest it a bit before they have in order mm. for those lines to really work. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell without seeing it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I did think you're know, right. Did you know that they were, did you anticipate them being dead? Like, before we, um, it was revealed to us. I must admit, I didn't know, because I think I thought, when when it, when it you, like, saw their profile, because, you know, we see pictures of them alive. Um, yeah, I think, I think I was like, oh, right, so they've clearly, weird side of my head, I was like, right, they've hired these actors, so we're going to. We're going to see them now. I think maybe if they hadn't shown them as humans, like proper, I would have thought, well, yeah, they're dead. More obviously. But no, I didn't. I was genuinely shocked when we had that scene of Crichton going round and seeing the skeletons. I was like, oh, right, they're dead. And I'd say it was still funny, the payoff. But I don't know. I would. I, it'd be cool to see an alternative version where we, f- you know, if there was, you know, where we find out the same time as the lads to see if it would be just as funny or funnier or maybe not as funny. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing to to bring up. And then Crichton comes back to the ship with them because mm, uh, yeah. he needs someone to serve. He's, yeah, he's man. a service robot is... and he has nobody to serve. His, yeah. his crew are all dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Rimmer ends up treating him a bit like a slave, which is Pretty absolutely much. on point for Rimmer, isn't it? It's absolutely what yeah. you do. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he even calls him it. At one point, I noticed. Oh, does he? Leave it alone, Lister. It enjoys doing the tasks I give it. It makes it happy. That's interesting, isn't it? That again, that's you could argue that's a subtle way of slipping in how little uh, Rimmer cares for this creature. I suppose how he, as you say, literally just sees him as a slave and nothing else. Whereas Lister sort of represents, in this case, the moral high ground that he, even though he's a robot, he could be so much more than just a servant which of course we see towards the end and i just want to say i love that because you know at the very end he's painting a portrait of rimmer what i love is i sort of thought at the end an artist would have had to paint that for the show (laughs) so imagine that brief you know right so we want this guy but draw him on the toilet with his trousers down (laughs) and some poor artist would have had to slave away for hours painting that just for you know the actor playing Crichton to do a few little brush strokes and I don't know it just really made me laugh thinking they would have genuinely had to get someone to paint that yeah there's probably like you know the guy was there going oh god I painted the Duke of Edinburgh last week and now I'm painting (laughs) Rimmer on a toilet yeah the highs and lows of the art world but (laughs) yeah but Lister does succeed in getting him to rebel he does he does, and I think that's why I'm excited to see... I mean, I think you've implied that Crichton may not show up that much until next season, but whenever he does show up next, I kind of hope he does... Not, I'm not saying he should be rebellious all the time, but I hope he sort of, you know, strikes that balance of... He can still be the eccentric butler, but with a bit of a... A bit more of an independent personality, shall we say. Room to grow, that's it, room to grow. So. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said all I've got to say on the episode, I think. What about you? Yeah, I think so. Aside from the fact that Cat um, doesn't really do anything in this episode. Um, oh, yeah, Cat. We haven't really talked about Cat. Cat was in I mean, this episode? Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He, do, he, does, he does what he does. You know, he pops up looking really smartly dressed with a lot of shirts that I definitely envy. 
Um, the only thing yeah. I noted down about Cap was the bit where he got where he had to be pulled away from his own reflection, which again is sort of just playing into the trope of he loves himself. Uh, it, yeah. It's the same old cat shtick, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's why we sort of haven't talked about it yet, because because it is the same old shtick, but yet in this episode there's so much new stuff going on as well. You know, whether it's new characters, new dynamics, new sets. New sets. <laughs> We're so blown away by new sets, we forget. But may, maybe that's it, because at the minute, anyway, it is just more of that shtick from Series 1 that we talked about. Maybe that's why he doesn't stand out as much. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah. aside from that, I think I've... I think I've covered most everything I wanted to. Apart from, I've just seen it in my notes. I'll, final thing for me, the joke about um, chicken nuggets sent me. You know, he says, oh, there's less meat on them than a chicken nugget. So I was like, ha Because, you know, for anyone who's eaten fast food, you know, you know, there's no meat on those things, right? So <laughs> I don't know. It just, it really made me chuckle because even though it's over 30 years old, the joke still holds weight now. Nothing really has changed, so... Do you have a favourite character out of this episode? I'd say it would be it would be Crichton, you know, just because I think he is such a he is such a breath of fresh air for the right. Re- Not that uh, the regulars are bad by any means, but of course, after six episodes of series one, you know, we know who these people are to a degree. We know what their traits are. We know what their dynamics are. We know how they get along, don't get along. So for a brand new influence to come in is such a entertaining watch, and he's you know he's funny. He's eccentric. He made me laugh. So, yeah, I'd say Crichton for this one. I think, yeah. I mean, I would put Crichton, but he it just jars me so much that he's not the Crichton that I'm used to. <laughs> he's not the Crichton you know it. and love. Yeah. He's not the Crichton I know and love. What are you doing here, you faker? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but, but Lister had a lot of really good lines this episode. Yeah. And... Yeah. And the, you know, the bits I've already mentioned about my funniest moment is, you know, a highlight. And so I'm going to give it to Lister, I think, this this week. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. Absolutely. How many? We're going to go. We're changing this time. We're going to go oh. out of 10 scutters, <laughs> not five, to give us more flexibility <laughs> in our in our range of things. Hmm. I would give this... Um, I would give this a solid eight. I think um, definitely a strong, a strong start to series two. As I say, lots of newness. You know, new sets, new characters, new new things going on. There's a lot to like. You know, I imagine if I'd watched this back in the day, you know, after a six month break, there's a lot to get you coming back. Uh, Crichton was a joy. Obviously, I'm curious to see how he changes because um, obviously it's. This is my first Crichton, so I might get to Robert Llewellyn and be like, who's this? But um, no, I, I just thought as a season opener, it was a great strong start. I think the, I'm trying to think why I haven't given it a full 10. What two points are there? I think, as I said, may, I, I think it's partly based on some scenarios I would have liked to have seen. You know, like I said, maybe about, I think I would have preferred maybe to find out that the women were dead with the lads as opposed to what we got. And uh, not all of the jokes landed for me personally, but you know that, that's that's comedy. But yeah, that was the number that popped in my head, so I'm, I'm going to go with it. I'll go with a solid eight. What about you, Phil? I've given it slightly less. I've gone seven scutters out of ten. Mm. Um, it is a strong start to the episode, and I did really enjoy it. And you know, I like, I do like Crichton, even though he's he's a faker. He's not the real Crichton. <laughs> 
I do, I do like him. He was good. He was good. If he'd just been in this episode, I would have gone away happy that he was a good guest character. Um, yeah. I don't know what it, I don't really, I, I can't put my finger on why it's not higher than that. There's nothing specifically that brings it down. It just doesn't have that, that really wow factor that I know coming up to some of the other future episodes that I'm going to be like, this is an amazing episode. And yeah. I, I need to leave that room for those for those great episodes to be higher. Than that's fair, man. This. That's fair. So there's that. Seven, one, seven. Seven, yeah. One final feature that we occasionally do on this show, but not every hmm. week, is <laughs> WWDLD. What would Dave Lister do? <laughs> what an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> WWDLD. And... Well, you know, sometimes we take things that have been in the news when we're recording. Admittedly, that could be a good couple of months before we actually <laughs> release the episodes. Yeah, you'll be like, come on, guys. this." <laughs> but Let's gloss over that and, uh, and talk about what would Dave Lister do about Daft Punk breaking up? I know, such such a sad day, isn't it? Such a sad day. Cause this news broke on the day we're recording. I know, it's great for us on the day. We're like, yay, we've got a scenario. But it's mad, because Daft Punk have been, is it 20, 25 years-ish, uh, I think, together? I think it might be almost 30. I think it's is it? 29, uh, I think. I think they were so, 1992. So many good hits. Um, what would Dave Lister do? I d- Dave Lister doesn't really strike me as like a, a techno dance fan. I don't know. No, probably not. I've always he's got that vibe about him. He's in, yeah, he's into more of his rock concerts, like mosh pits and stuff. I don't really think, I think he only would listen to it in the club when he's on the pool. Do you know what I mean? It's like the background music. I don't think he'd actively go out of his way. So he'd probably just, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he'd be too, I don't think he'd be too bothered, really. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't be bothered at all, <laughs> which makes yeah. for a very boring feature. Really, I thought he. Well, I was trying to. Th- I was trying to think of something more substantial. <laughs> maybe he'd try and pitch like, "No, guys, you don't need to break up. This is how you reimagine yourselves." Maybe that could be it. How would how would he reimagine Daft Punk? Uh, uh, he'd probably. Well, I think I'm sorry. Probably make it more of a rock based thing to start with. Ditch the ditch the synths and the sounds, but then that wouldn't really be Daft Punk, wouldn't it? That's sort of what. That's sort of what they are. I think but on yeah. hearing the news, I think on hearing the news that Daft Punk had broken up, he would go on a massive tirade about what silly helmets they wear. <laughs> He'd just be yeah, like... despite some of the stuff he wears. Why, why are they so... wearing those silly helmets? Yeah. That's my terrible like, master why... accent. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love Craig Charles, but... Yeah, I just I'm I'm now for some reason imagining uh, Lister as like a music manager, just like a really bad music manager, <laughs> like one of those really shady music managers who's like, yeah, I'm gonna give you the world, like you'll be the biggest thing since Elvis, and then it just doesn't, you know, really dodgy. That sort of dodgy music manager is like, yeah, I'll give you everything, and then actually gives you sweet sod all. So yeah, I'd feel that. But actually, saying that, I feel that. Uh, Lister would do would go into that with the best intentions though I don't think he'd outwardly try and scam people unless he thought they deserved it unless they were like quite snobbish yeah he'd scam Rimmer oh he definitely if Rimmer was like I want to do a music career he'd definitely scam Rimmer but I think someone who who he thought had potential or he genuinely meant it for I think he'd I think he'd try his best but I just don't think 
I just don't think it'd help out. Well, there we go. That is the end of our first look into Series 2. Ooh. Creighton. Aye. It is. Um, and thank you for all listening slash watching. We hope you've enjoyed it. Join us every episode we do because we're going all the way through aren't we phil we're not we're all not taking any way we're not skipping anything bbc dave it's it's all gonna be here and um you can check out those episodes as we've said we've done series one already which is uh, available to listen to if you've jumped on season two odd place to start but fair enough but go back and listen to series one uh phil where can people find you and your other work you can find me on my youtube channel which is just my name philip hawkins you can, uh, it's 1L, by the way. And uh, there I do a lot of pop culture content. You might even be watching this on there because I'm going to be putting these YouTube, these mm. up on my YouTube channel. So this may be where you're listening already. If you are, hit that subscribe button and all that jazz. Uh, but you can also find me on Twitter. Currently, I-U-D-E-X underscore Phil is how it is spelt. We've gone into this before on the podcast. I'm not going to go into it again. <laughs> Why it is that, how it's actually said. Don't worry about it. It was a long time ago. Don't worry about it. It was a long time ago. (laughs) What about yourself? For me, uh, just type in Adam Martin with a Y on YouTube and I should pop up. I, Similar to Philip, I make a lot of pop culture content on things like Doctor Who, but I also like to collect music. Like now that's what what I call music, that series. Uh, I just I just make videos on whatever I'm passionate about, really, which is a lot of pop culture. So go and subscribe to us on there if you like what you see. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well at Adam Martin Actor. Um, yeah, you can go and follow me on there for the general rubbish that I probably tweet about on a daily basis. But yeah, that's where you can find me. And uh, once more again, if you enjoyed this, if you're watching this on Phil's uh, YouTube channel, go and subscribe to him and keep up to date with us there. If you're listening to this on a streaming service of some kind, if you enjoyed it, please consider giving us a follow there. Or if you can, if it's one of those streaming sites where you can rate the podcast, give us a thumbs up rating or leave your comments. Let us know. We appreciate your feedback. And um, until our next episode, I guess we will catch you all next time. See you later. See you later.